podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Nina Kaza Show. Took a little break against Burnley. I am back. The Reds in full fire. My God, that was almost a scare against Norwich, but it finished 3-1 to the Reds with the front men all getting in on the scoring action and relief pressure still back on with the league leaders, Manchester City. Uh, joining me on this podcast, um, I have some awesome familiar voices and it's great to be sort of talking to them again and First up, I have somebody who was with me through the dark times last season. It's great to be podcasting with him again. It's Mr. Dave Horrocks, late sub for me because John Buskell couldn't make it. Dave, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. <laughs> no problem. It's great to speak to you again, Nina. And uh, yeah, came off the bench like Divock <laughs> right at the last minute there. But no, I'm glad I could because uh, we haven't spoke for a while. So good to uh, dissect this one with you. Absolutely. I'm going to say more like a Tiago comes in, you know, puts in those little tight little passes, gets things moving. Well, it is great to have you on and joining and joining Dave. I have a familiar voice again on the Nina Carter show. I've not spoken to her in a while. She's a familiar voice on Anfield Index. You've heard her many a times on the main AI podcast. It's an honour to be speaking with her again and talking about Liverpool because I think the last time she was on, I was just whinging about how rubbish we were and how boring and how uninspired I was. So hopefully she catches me in a better mood and she's on a good mood as well. It is Lisa Marie. Welcome back. Hi, Nina, Dave. Good to be joining you today. Um, it is a lovely sunny Saturday here and that's just started my day off well. So happy to be joining you both today. Oh, well, it is wonderful to be having both of you on. Um, first up, I, I do have a call. I'm going to get the callers in first and then we'll, we'll chat about all the other things that, you know, maybe haven't been covered. So, you know what? I don't like to keep our callers waiting. I really, really appreciate, you know, their patience. I think we all do. It's it's a familiar voice. We love speaking to him. It is Kieran. Kieran, welcome back. Thank you very much. Well, it's great to have you back on, Kieran. Uh, the floor is yours. How are you feeling after that? We almost had a scare, but my word. <laughs> yeah, I thought uh, the first sixty minutes was um, frustrating to say the least. Um, I thought the first half we created a number of chances. Um, but we, we but our finishing was a bit woeful. But then, I think one, I think the second half started off very, very badly with them going one up, and um, you know it's a bit of a bit of a fluky goal, but you know it is what it is. But then, I think once we took Ox off, who sadly for him, I thought he had a bit of a mare today, and then once Chicago came on, it completely turned the game completely on its head. And after we went one up, we just cruised on from there. Or after we equalised, went. 
absolutely. Right. I think no, I think those are some great great points and takeaways there. And um, you know, and Dave, I'm I'm going to come to you first. I mean. Just to kind of um, go on um, Kieran's thoughts and question um, there with regards to like the first half. I mean, I guess I got to start from the top. I mean, what did you make from the team lineup? I mean, Klopp making some, you know, some changes, which um, I think is a good thing. You know, we're in a luxurious position where we can actually like rotate. So um, I want to get your thoughts for some of the players in. Of course, Ox, um, you know, we saw Ox start. We saw Naby Keita start. Um, Gomez playing right back. Chimikas, you know, there was some some good changes. Diaz in as well because I think Firmino was out. So I want to get your thoughts on, on the team lineup and how that kind of went for you in the first half because I've got some thoughts on it as well. I think for me, I, I was happy to see the, the rotation. I think this is an evolution of Klopp, isn't it? He, he does like a settled 11, or, or historically he has liked that. Uh, if you go back to the Rafa Benitez days, you never had the same team twice. <laughs> but he didn't have anything like the quality that we've got at our disposal today. <laughs> I think, you know, if you look at the likes of Ox, though, I mean, I think he's... I, I'm staying away from social media, to be honest, at, at the minute, but I can imagine he's getting some pelters. Um, didn't have his greatest game, but he's one of those players that just takes a little while to get going. And it's really hard for him to just come into a game and just turn it on. Other players seem to be able to do that, no problem. The likes of Thiago Diaz, as evidence, you know, he's just stepped in and looks like he's played for us for years. But um, no, I was, I was really happy with it. I was also really happy to see Gomez get a start as well, because... It, it, I, I really hope the lad stays, um, but he's just too good to not play yep. week in, week out. So I, I think if we can use these games, you know, as long as we're staying in these cups, we're, we're going to be playing twice a week. So we need to use that squad. So I'm, I'm happy that Gomez gets those minutes and then sticks around for a little bit longer. Absolutely. And uh, Lisa Marie, um, your, your thoughts on, on the team lineup selection and, you know, just how the first half kind of went for you. Yeah, I agree um, with what Dave was saying. You know, I was happy to see the rotation. I, I think absolutely we need to use, you know, the full squad as we you know move forward in all of these competitions. And was very happy to see both um, Diaz and Keita. A start. Um, and the other changes, you know, kind of intrigued me, Joe Gomez um, and, you know, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, but, you know, they didn't scare me. You know, sometimes you see those lineups when changes are made and you're kind of like, okay, cross my fingers and hope it goes well. Yeah, and, and I, I know didn't what you have, <laughs> I didn't have that feeling at all. Um, although, yeah, I mean, and I really feel that, you know, Joe came on and played well, again, considering he hasn't had much playing time. Um, and I certainly can't remember the last time he played a full 90. So, I mean, I think I think he did, and playing in a position that isn't his typical position. So I think all things considered, yeah, I think he had a pretty good game. Um, you know, Ox didn't look particularly good in my opinion. But again, I think he's such a rhythm player and this in and out of the team thing just, just does not suit him. He, he needs that more consistent run of games. So... Um, you know, we started off bright, or well, other than that chance they had, you know, what, 30 seconds in, but but I mm -hmm. thought, you know, <laughs> we started off pretty lively and, you know, certainly had a number of chances in the first half, but just couldn't seem to put it away. 
Yeah, I, I felt exactly the same. I just remember straight after, I mean, we're a bit everywhere. We'll go to our second caller, but I pretty much felt the same. I was um, I was happy with the team lineup. I felt like those players that started kind of had to play because, you know, it's all about rotation and, you know, Klopp putting, you know, living up to his words that he, he kind of said that, you know, these players, you know, the, you know he's going to be rotating and, you know, he has the luxury of it. I did think, I mean, there was a little bit of a scare in the first few minutes with, you know, um, Norwich and I felt like we kind of did settle into the game and I felt like you know like like Kieran said you know we we had a lot of the ball the you know the midfield for most parts for me looked quite controlled I thought the fullbacks kind of looked like they were involved in something I thought Chimikas had a really good game the front three all looked quite lively um just that you know they're their sort of um, end product probably wasn't the the best or not their usual brilliant self. But, you know, I was kind of impressed with the fact that we lost the ball. We were kind of pressing and, you know, there was tracking back if we lost possession. You know, there was a lot of good that I saw, but it was just the end product, which so I completely do agree with, with Kieran. And obviously we'll talk about um, specific specific players. As the pod progresses, right, guys. Um, that was Kevin, our first caller, talking about this. Yeah, one more thing before I, I go. Um, I just want to say I thought uh, I thought Hendel was quite good today as well. To be fair, because as you know, he's been quite poor for uh in uh, for most games this season. But I thought today he was quite good playing in that number six and the ball they played today as was absolutely superb. Absolutely, and we'll definitely get into that and talk about Hendo's uh, performance as well. I think there'll be a lot of agreement from from the panel with you on that one. I I thought he as the game went on, um, Hendo definitely definitely looked more more settled in that number six role, and I think Gags kind of tweeted something along them lines as well. So great shout there, Kieran. Thank you so much. No problem. Right. Thank you. Bye. Have an awesome weekend, right, guys? We're going to move on to our second caller. Um, hopefully, we are joined by. Scott Chandler, Scott, you there? It's been a while, but it's good to talk to you guys. It's great to have you back on. Welcome back. Uh, all yours. Well, thanks. I mean, there's just, I mean, I feel like for a match against Norwich, there's actually a ton to talk about. I mean, for one, I can't wait to hear which one of the goals you guys thought was the best. I mean, all three were pretty impressive. But for me, I think the biggest takeaway from the match is the response to going down 1-0. I mean, it wasn't like we had played bad. I mean, it was, you know, probably the deflection of the season for Norwich. You look at the first half XG, it was, I think we were around 1.4 and Norwich were well under, you know, a half a goal. So we had outplayed them. But yeah. going down 1-0 when every result in the league from here on out is going to be imperative. I mean, there's no room for error when you're chasing City. And, you know, I think we've all heard the trope of opposing fans love to you know ask is this a library when Anfield isn't loud enough but it felt like all the pieces came together right after that Norwich goal the team started pressing forward the crowd got into it it was so loud coming through the television and it just it was pretty much a marriage of everything that Jurgen Klopp has tried to build in his time here where you had the players were relentless it was like sharks smelling blood in the water and then the cop just willed goal after goal into the back of the net so I'm just curious that, you know, what your guys' emotions were and how you felt watching that. It just it felt like some of those classic, you know, matches like against Barcelona where it just it felt like it was inevitable. Once once the tide got going, it wasn't going to be stopped. Absolutely. And Scott, before we let you go, before we answer your question, I'm intrigued. Which one was your favorite goal? 
I mean, I probably was the loudest in the first. I think I scared the yeah. dogs in the house. They, uh, <laughs> they weren't expecting that just because it was just the release of emotion. And, you know, yeah, I think we learned not to doubt these guys at this point over the years. And no matter what they're facing, they can probably come back from it. And so, but, you know, doubts creep in. But, man, that second goal, it really felt like the Alice and the Salah goal from United, the, the winner, you know, the, the yeah. clincher a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's. That one might be my favorite on the day, just because, I mean, Allison, what he saves, he scores, he assists, he does it all. That was pretty cool. A man that can multitask. Hear, hear. Uh, yeah, awesome stuff. Well, thank you, Scott. I think you've given us some great, great talking points. Elisa, I'm going to come straight to you because I do agree. The atmosphere did turn really electric. And, you know, Jurgen Klopp and, you know, his impact subs, you know, going 1-0 down, putting on, you know, changing things up, bringing two players on in... in 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 Tiago and um and Divokarigi, you know, responding straight away, going all attack, you know, taking off um Ox and um Nabiketa and you know, he did that midweek as well when Inter Milan was sort of applying the pressure in the second half and you know he does a triple sub there. It is great to see Klopp reacting and keeping up with the game and making the right subs. Absolutely. Um yeah I don't know Who's with up seems to be on point with his with his subs right now, and and let's hope that it just continues on, you know, the rest of time. Um, yeah, no, I think one, you know, it was immediate impact with with Tiago and Divacarigi coming on. You know, you could feel the change, and you really could. I, you know, I agree with Scott. You could feel the crowd getting behind um, our boys after that kind of freak Norwich goal. Um, you know, I, I, I noticed that and I'd actually written it down in my notes that, yeah, the crowd really was urging them on, was, you know, encouraging them to keep their heads up and just keep pushing because with, you know, the number of chances we had had, you know, especially in the first half, you know, you just had to feel that, you know, one, two, couple goals were in, inevitable. And, um, and yeah, and I think, you know, I actually spoke a little bit about this on the AI pod yesterday that, you know, we are a team that feeds off of our, our crowd, our fans. And and I think that was one of the things that made such a difference for us last season is not having fans in the stadium. Um, so it showed today. Um, just just proved my point, which is always nice. Um, but, yeah, we went one, you know, we went down by one, but but we were able to just keep pushing forward and, and get the goals we needed for the win. So, yay. Before I move to uh, Dave and ask his thoughts, uh, Lisa, uh, we don't pick favourites, but you had to, if you had to pick a goal, I mean, put Scott on the spot there, and he kind of had like flashbacks of the Man United game with the Alisson 2 and Mosala. Um, which one was your favourite, if any? You know, I, I agree with Scott. I, I loved, I mean, that was my immediate reaction was like, oh my gosh, Alisson assisted Mo again. But, you know, I have to say the Diaz goal, just because, you know, We've been wanting him to score that first one for us, and so it was lovely to see. And it was just, you could tell, I mean, our, our players are always pleased for each other when someone scores, but but I could really see that they were very happy for him, you know, that, that he had gotten his first goal in a Liverpool shirt. So I'm going to have to go with the Diaz one. Nice. And Dave, I'm going to come to you. I mean, your thoughts on, on the Klopp subs and, you know, just changing things up and how quick he reacted to things. Because I think last season you and I would have so much to say about, oh, 
such a late sub. Why bring him on at that time? You know, Klopp sort of anticipating things very, really early. Going goal attack, you know. And and finally, I want to get I want to get your thoughts on the goal. I mean, I'm as I put it out there. I'm just going to say it. For me, it was the first goal because I saw flashes of Sadio Mane being his usual self again today. I thought he showed a lot of strength in the first half. And it was really nice to get him in on the scoring and have the build-up for that goal as well. For me, it was just instantly, and it happened pretty much straight away after after the subs were made. I believe that the two goals, the the, the Sadio Mane one and the Mosala one, I think there was like two minutes and th- something seconds between it. So, you know, complete, complete, you know, dominance and a great response. So uh, the floor is yours, Dave. I want to hear your thoughts on all that. Klopp's definitely having a good week, isn't he, with substitutions? And I don't know if if this is... We've got two data points in a week. I I don't know if this is going to be a trend, uh, but definitely it's pleasing to see him react. And and you're right, you look at last season and and you're staring at the team and you're looking at the bench and you're saying, "Why, why aren't you changing it up? You know, there's something we're clearly missing. So, yeah, it's it's brilliant. And I did feel, even before that goal, because it... it felt like it was only a minute or two after those subs. You just felt there was an injection of pace. Divock took the ball and immediately Norwich seemed, seemed to just shit themselves. <laughs> you know, they, they, they had something different to deal with. You know, yeah. with the they'd kind of got a bit comfortable with the, the game, how it had gone. It, it, if we played that first half again, I'm convinced we go in 3-0 up. It was just crazy how many chances we missed. We, you know, everyone was a bit down at half time, but it's not because we played terribly. We were just so wasteful in front of goal. Mm. But yeah, the, the the subs definitely made a really good uh, impact there. And in terms of the favourite goal, man, those were three beautiful goals, I have to say. But yeah. I, I've had the longest to deliberate about it. And I, I have to say, I think, I'm probably with you, Nina. I think it was the first one just because... It felt like it could be one of those days. And over the years, we've seen loads of these where we were so clearly superior to Norwich. And they get this jammy deflected goal that flies into the corner. And you're just like, oh, for fuck's sake. But there was plenty of time. And this team has shown time and again that they can actually pull it out of the bag. So I, I was... I wouldn't say I was confident, but I, I wasn't as nervous as I, I, you know, historically have been. And but just to see it hit the back of the net, and and obviously, you know, spectacular overhead kick. Those are always good to to see. And also, Simicast getting a, an assist there. I thought he was brilliant today. And um, yeah, I, I just. Uh, but it is it is like one you know the overhead kick three. as well the overhead kick he's been trying that against Inter a few times like, I yeah. felt like he was rehearsing it he was like teeing up for it it had to come off for him <laughs> well with we, we Thiago trying the other week as well I I, I wonder yeah. how much they're just practicing this stuff in in training you know they they're all capable players aren't they obviously and, and I I have to think they. They may be just fancying it now. But yeah, I mean, it, it was a really awkward ball to uh, to finish. And, and I must admit, if that, that was at the other end, I don't know how happy I'd have been at the goalkeeper. It, it wasn't like it, you know, broke the back of the net kind of thing. So um, yeah, but def- definitely the first one. But each one of those goals was was beautiful in their own way. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We enjoyed that question, Scott. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, we're we're on a bit of a conveyor belt. I'm going to rush over to our third caller because I think we have one more after this. 
it's I think it's a new caller on the Nina Carter show. I don't think I've spoken before to um Tyrone. Tyrone, are you there? Don't think we have him. Well, there you go. Um, a few minutes in, the first boo-boo of the show. It was it was about to happen. You know, it won't be a Nina Carla show without technical issues. This is what happens when you record live, but never mind. Let's try going to our fourth caller if he's around. Uh, Del, are you there? Hello. Yeah, of course. <laughs> 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 All right, CBG. Yeah, there's no technical difficulties here when I'm around. Um, but, wow. What a game, what a performance by the front three. Um, I've always been uh, not a Hendo hater. Yeah, as in, I've not been a big fan of his for the last 18 months. But today I felt he played a really, really good game. Um, he played at number six, and then when we switched to or four four two. It allowed um, him to sort of not dictate, but as in play more expansively um, in the second half. Um, but the ball that uh, that he gave to uh, to Diaz, wow, yeah, yeah, what an assist as well, and just onwards upwards, and ultimately, you know what it is. I'm hoping and I'm praying that the Man City players see this game and think, fuck. Yeah. We're in for a title challenge. Yeah. And I'm hoping and praying Burst was a solid. Yeah, so this half would yeah, well, this evening. And they either get a point or well, yeah, so inshallah, they get three points. <laughs> is that is asking for too much? But yeah, um title charge is still there. Uh the quad is still on. Your League Cup final next weekend. We beat Chelsea. Yeah, that's one out of four trophies won. FA Cup, Champions League, Premier League. Here we go. Absolutely. Uh, Del, will answer your question in just a moment. We'll speak about Hendo. I think a majority of agree. I'm just going to quickly rush back to Scott Chandler. I think he's got something to plug. Uh, Scott, bring you back in. Yeah, real quick, just for the website. I was going to jump in earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt your uh, professional segue. I don't want to stop the master at work. But uh, I just wanted to shout out uh, the podfather himself, Gags Tandon, did his best Ron Burgundy impression from Anchorman. He sounded the, the conch shell siren and got the AI post-match team back together. So we're going to be doing a lot more in this exciting run and be on the lookout for match ratings, observations, man of the match, stuff like that. So not just the live shows, but check out the website as well. Absolutely, Gags, the hardest working man in AI and no pressings to know that. I don't like to gas him up too much, but it is what it is. He does graft. And thank you for that, Scott. Thank you so much. Anytime, cheers. Wonderful. Right, uh, there you go. The Gags, you know, getting a bit of love there. Right, Um. Let's let's answer the Del question now. Um, Hendo, I mean, Dave, I'll, I'll come to you on this one because he was he was part he was part of um the build up for the first goal. You know, putting the ball in for Chimikas. He was playing a bit more of an advanced role. I felt like he looked more and more better as things went on. Certainly, certainly with um 
Mantiaga sort of paired up with him, but he was very, very involved. He was playing more of a six role. Um, I think, I think he's better in that, in my opinion. I mean, I want to get thoughts. Um, I thought he had a, I thought he, he played pretty decent. Considering there's a lot of controversy about him recently. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of positive tweets and things, uh, you know, messages from Discord and whatever, positive about Hendo. But I thought he definitely finished the game strongly. And that ball through to Diaz was fantastic. Oh, gosh, yes. Eye of a needle stuff. To see that run, um, uh, it was great. But I found him a bit frustrating for the majority of the game, to be honest. I, I feel like... There's a number of times when the the ball gets passed back to him, and rather than take the ball and keep that momentum going forward, he kind of lets it run past him. So it's the ball's going towards our goal, kind of thing. And then he runs mm. backwards, has a good look up, and then everyone gets in their position, you know, including the defense and everything. And then he makes the pass. And and I just I think with all of these games, it's choosing the right tools in the right context in the right environment I thought Mm. Henderson was absolutely brilliant when he came on against Inter Milan I thought he really calmed us down in the middle and was exactly what we needed in that moment I just felt for you know the first 60 or so minutes I I I just don't feel like we we really needed that kind of role in there but um yeah I'm I'm not saying he had a poor game And, and some of the some of the abuse that he's had about, you know, he's not been in the greatest of form, but it's ridiculous. You know, he's still a really good player. He's he's a good captain. You can see what impact he has, you know, on the rest of the team, you know, just in terms of that personality, him and Milner. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't, I don't think for the majority of the game, he was quite as good, but because he was really good in that last kind of 30 minutes. We all remember that the most. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think it, it was a it, it was a six or seven performance for me today. For him. I mean, Adele's just come in as, as well in, in the chat. And uh, Lisa, I'll come to you and I'll get your thoughts on just the whole um, situation with regards to Jordan Henderson and what you feel on him. But, you know, Thiago had a big impact, though, I might add. And I think a lot of people are tend, tend to agree with that. I mean, I I don't know for me. I mean, I, I kind of agree with where, where what David's saying with regards to, you know, um, maybe, you know, him sort of running back with the ball and, and things. But like for me, that midfield in the first half, even though it was probably, you know, the, the, those little things might frustrate you, but I felt like Norwich did nothing. So it wasn't like, ooh, scary stuff. Ooh, you're causing needless um, needless tension or, you know, you're, you're, you're creating problems and bothers. Um, for us, I felt like when we were all out attack and we were trying to do something, I felt like, you know, everyone's tempo kind of raised up. And I felt like Thiago with his quick sort of passing and moving the ball, you know, kind of freed up Hendo in those spaces as well. So um, I'm going to come to you, Lisa. I want to get your thoughts on Henderson because, as Dave said, and he's absolutely spot on, you know, he's not at the best season, um, but he did pretty well against Inter Milan when him and Naby came on. And, of course, you know, today um, had a, had involvement in both of the goals, in two of the goals out of the three. Yeah, I mean... It- Absolutely. We've all said that when he came on against uh, Inter Milan, you know, earlier in the week, it it was a game changer in a lot of ways. I mean, he did he did so well. It was, you know, 
a brilliant substitution by Klopp, you know, to give Fabino that rest to, um, you know, and to bring Henderson into, I think that six role does suit him better these days. Um, now, I did make a note early in the game that it looked like, and this is, you know, within the first couple minutes, that Hindo was kind of like pushing more forward than we necessarily needed him to in the six. And I was like, oh, wait, is his. You know, when he's when he's playing that, but then then he kind of settled in. Um, I didn't necessarily notice um, what Dave mentioned about him him doing the passing back. I don't necessarily remember noticing that, so something I might have to go back and look at. But you know, as far as Henderson, it, you know, everyone seems to be like they have to be one extreme or the other, and and you don't have to be that. We can mm-hmm. we can all acknowledge the fact that you know he is. He's a great player, and he's done so much for the club. You know, his contributions, not just on the field, but off the field and everything else. But we can also acknowledge um, that he was having a bad run of form, to, to be honest. I mean, he just had had several games in a row that just where he had not played well, um, you know, for various and sundry reasons. I mean, I, I think you don't have to, you know, demean the player and yet acknowledge that, Playing our players. I mean, it happens. They not everybody's going to have a you know eight out of ten or even seven out of ten game every time they set onto the field. Um, so yeah, so I it I just tried to kind of tune it all out because I didn't want to get pulled into the middle of Twitter arguments or anything. But it does look as though this six role is suiting him better, and and I think that's a good thing because. With all the competitions that we're still in, you know, Fabino can't play every game. So it's great to have Henderson be able to step in, as he did today, for the full game to give Fab that rest. Uh, other games that are that are coming up within the next week or so. So, um, yeah. Yeah, healthy place to be in terms of, you know, if you're, if you're challenging on all four fronts. Like, let's see if we're lucky this time around. Well, Del, thank you so much for your call. We're going to try moving on to Tyrone, see if we sorted out the technical issues. Tyrone, are you there? Yeah, Nina, I can hear you. Wonderful, wonderful. We got there, eh? Um, <laughs> it's great to have you on. Um, the floor is yours. Um, share your thoughts, how you're feeling. If you've got any questions, fire away got two awesome people that will answer away for you. Yeah, uh, just to, to go back to the lineups. whenever Fab and uh, Thiago are not starting, I'm always nervous anyway. And then, as Lisa Marie pointed out there before, the um, Ox, for some reason, Klopp drops Ox for like a month and then brings him in cold. And it just, it, it hasn't worked a couple of times this season. But... Um, that game really needed a Thiago, like a creative playmaker with a cool head. And I think that's why Henderson was so crazy in the first half, because he doesn't really trust, you know, Naby or Ox, so he do, tries to do a lot more. But when Thiago come on, Henderson settled more back into the six. But just a question for you guys. That, that I think we switched to a 4-2-4 in the second half, and with our abundance of talent up front, that might be an option moving forward. I want to get to see what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, Dave, I'll come to you first on this one. I mean, when 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 Klopp made those subs, 
and you saw um, Origi coming on and obviously not a front man being sacrificed, which was a good thing because I thought all three were playing really well and you could see that if something's going to happen, they, it could come from all three of them potentially. So it was really, really interesting to for Klopp to throw that that conundrum on as well. I mean, what did you make of that lineup? Because I was actually really confused as well. Like, oh, we're we playing two in the midfield, um, even though there was control. And, you know, I felt like Norwich did really trouble us in, in that regard. Um the the four two four because for me um you know like Dibokariki I, I kind of in a small burst kind of enjoyed his input in today's game like I felt like he was he was like sort of sort of trying to hold off um you know trying to hold on to the ball he was doing a bit more he wasn't just trying to like just get on the end of things I feel like we kind of lose a little bit of Dibokariki when he's out wide so he was a bit more central I don't know if I don't to me, I don't know if I, I might have to go back and watch the game. It was almost like a front diamond almost. Yeah, I mean, we've heard Klopp in the past say that, you know, he doesn't really care too much about formations. It's just players occupying different spaces. And yeah. all of that, those front four, if you like, are so mobile. I, I think, you know, taking off Cater, so take, he took off uh, two, sub, uh, two midfielders and put on, one midfielder and a, and obviously Origi the attacker. So, you know, I, you could say it was a four four two or a four two four. At the end of the day, Norwich were offering almost nothing, and so we had control of that game. So I think he was well. Evidence suggests he was right to to just sacrifice that extra midfielder because we we just didn't need it. And I agree. I I did like. I did enjoy Divock's little cameo there, even though you know he, he I think he had one chance that kind of just flashed past the post but he he didn't really have uh I don't think he made the keeper make a save but for me he just seemed to cause a little bit of confusion so there was definitely that change you know everyone knows that we like to set up with that 4-3-3 type formation and, and I do think uh just changing it around there just confused them enough and you add into the mix you've got the crowd as well, just the forward momentum. I think Thiago just again, he he's just such a Rolls Royce, and I think that's part of the reason Hendo gets a little bit of stick because when you see Thiago and he's on it, he's he's just such a world class player. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I I think I I do think it was you know four four two four two four. But what I love about all of these attacking options mm. is how mobile they are. You know, yes. even Origi, you'd say, is you know, he's your traditional number nine, but he likes to take on players. Yeah, yeah, he loves it, doesn't he? So, <laughs> and when it goes when it goes well, you just can't help but have a smile on your face. And when he's smiling, it, it's hard not to to follow along with him. But um, you know, I talk about using the right tools in the right context yeah. in the right environment it's mm-hmm. you know if it just started and it was still nil nil after 60 then you know people would be groaning and then you know oh he's not good enough we need a better uh option than Divock but uh now when it goes like it does today he, he's just he's just a brilliant sub to bring on Absolutely. And Lisa I want to get your thoughts on on the 424 um situation as well because I think you know like Tyrone, like Dave, I think I I enjoyed you know that as well. But um, again, it like Dave said, it has to be against the right opponent. Like today, we control the midfield. You know, Thiago was like just so calm and assured, and and it really, really kind of helped. 
And also, you know, today we bought on Divakorigi. And when you think about the potential of maybe against, you know, other teams where you hopefully we will have the likes of Jota fit and Firmino fit. And maybe it's it's something that you don't start with, but you, it's something definitely that you, you revert to in, in, in a tactical sense if, you know, if you feel that the game needs it. I think it, for me, it will always depend on the opposition. Like, I probably wouldn't like that against, you know, a, you know, a game where it's quite tight, for example, like a Man City, where you would need control in the midfield. Um, but, you know, against certain oppositions like, you know, Norwich today and um, when you even have more um, quality off the bench, it could be very, very exciting. Absolutely. Um, you know, we've we've all been saying here in the last couple of weeks that, you know, the, the depth we currently have in the squad, it, it gives us options. And- and, and I think the right situation is a fantastic option to have. Um, and now, you know, I was just thinking as you were talking, I thought, you know, or as Dave was talking as well, you know, yeah, Origi coming on kind of as that fourth attacker, that was a little bit of confusion. They didn't necessarily know what to do with it. And and even Diaz being newer to the squad, I I think a lot of the teams that we're going to play here maybe in the, in the next couple weeks, if he's on, they're not quite sure what to make of him yet or or how to react to him yet. So I I kind of I mean I wouldn't call it, you know, surprise attack for us, but but I think in some ways, you know, our our 4-3-3 and the usual front 3 and all of that, you know, it makes us a little bit predictable at times and and we've all seen how, you know, teams will just That's kind of spark in and and just, you know, set up that, you know, block to where we just can't get through. So so I think that the depth we have right also thinking that with Gomez being at right back you know of course he's generally a center back so he's more defensive so that that gave us that little bit more of a defensive player you know more so than Trent you know yes Trent can defend and I'm not going to get in the middle of that argument but Joe is traditionally a defender so I think having him more likely to kind of step back where you wouldn't always have a midfielder to do so you know, work in our favor as well, you know, in this game, in this situation. I, I think it did. I think it worked very well. And and I'm absolutely loving them. Yeah, certainly a really, really healthy place to be. Uh, thank you so much, Tyrone, for your call. And, you know, um, uh, clock changing things up, becoming unpredictable. And I think, you know, you, you said that, that, you know, and I think Dave said it as well, that it completely bamboozled Norwich. And I think you want to do that. And as Lisa said as well, you do not want to become predictable because it becomes very, very samey. Teams know how to play against you. They know how to figure it out. And, you know, hopefully when we get the likes of Jota and Firmino back as well in that attack and, you know, uh, you know, who knows, Elliot can be a big part of that as well. So, you know, watch this space. Who knows what Jurgen Klopp can do with with a healthy squad. Right, guys, um, I think we have come to the end with our callers. Um, a huge thank you to all of them that called in. Really, really enjoyed it. But before they go, um, if they could just drop their Twitter handles in the chat box so we can just add them to the tweet, that would be great. Right, it's just um, myself, Lisa and Dave and we're going to have a little chit-chat about the game and Dave, I'm going to come to you first on this one because obviously we just, you know, we, we spoke about Jordan Henderson and, you know, some players that maybe stood out for us today and I kind of want to talk about Chimikas because 
you know, Klopp completely changing his fullbacks. You know, we're so used to them. But, you know, as games progress and every, every time I see him, he's impressing more and more. And, you know, you and I had a conversation last season, like, why isn't Chimikas playing? And, you know, you know, we need that kind of player. But, you know, I felt like, you know, possibly with all the injuries, maybe not throw in a new signing like that. But he's looking so assured. And, of course, getting getting an assist today and, you know, had a few chances on goal as well himself in the first half. So, you know, I've been really quietly impressed with the lad. I I think he steps up to to the challenge of replacing Robertson really well. Um, I want to get your thoughts on his performance today because I felt like the left-hand side looked very controlled and very composed um, for most parts. So I have to hold my hands up here because I'm sure when, when the chips were down last year, I, I'm sure I questioned, like, what is the point... We brought in Simicast, but we'd never see him. Um, you know, and he's, we've had such a good run, or we'd had such a good run with transfers. It was like, okay, maybe, you know, we had to have a, a, an off transfer at some point. But I think he's been brilliant all season. Whenever we've brought him in, he's absolutely done a job. And the performance level of the team does not drop when he comes in. And he's got a... It's not exactly the same, but quite a similar style to Robertson in that, you know, he just seems to have limitless energy to bound up and down that, that left side. Um, but I actually think his delivery is, is a little bit better than Robertson's. Mm. Now, uh, Robertson had dropped off. His performance levels had dropped off. And then when Simicas did come in, you know, <laughs> give give Robertson a boot up the arse and, and he's stepped up his game again now. So, you know, I just think it's a fantastic option. I, I honestly think Robertson is the best left-back I've seen for us, um, probably from watching us in the late 80s through the 90s, the noughties, the 10s. He's the best. But I tell you what, Simicas is not far behind him. He is a lot better than a lot of the left-backs we've had over the years. And uh, I, I just love him. He, you see him even when he's not playing. You know, he, he just seems to have this, uh, you know, a little bit like I was saying about Divock when he has that big smile and, and Simicast is the same. He, the joy when we score a goal, you know, you see him going nuts on the sidelines and, and I think we've got a real player there. And at the moment, he seems to be quite happy to, you know, step in whenever he's he's called upon. And yeah, just delighted to have, oh, sorry, sorry, Siri, Siri uh, trying to chip in there. Um <laughs> So, yeah, it's just a great, great option for us to have at left back. And whereas, I, you know, like I say, I got a lot of uh, respect for Gomez. I think he's a really good young player. I mean, he still is a young player, isn't he? Um, mm. But you see there is a performance drop-off when, when he's playing that right back. And remember, was it about four or so years ago when mm. him and Trent used to alternate, didn't they? Yes, you know, yes, play Trent one game, play Gomez the other. So, um, but you'd always see if we were going to have less of the ball, we were going to be doing a bit more defending, it would be Gomez. But you lose a little bit in the attack. Whereas on the left side, we we just didn't see that today. So, yeah, I think not to show my hand too much, but I think he's definitely in with a shout there for man of the match. Yeah, um, I was kind of feeling the same type of way. Lisa Marie, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on Jimmy Cass. I mean, again, it's, it's, I think there was a big emphasis on how awesome our fullbacks are and the need to replace, you know, have 
have a good backup there. And, you know, this boy is really, really coming good. Like you said uh, at the beginning of the pod, when you see the team lineup, you don't even break a sweat. And, you know, this guy certainly is one of those that has contributed to that because I think there was a, a brief period where Robertson looked a bit off and he was a bit, in, I think he was injured as well. I think it was a time when I wasn't really watching Liverpool for personal reasons. And um, he, he stepped up and, um, you know, a lot of people were really impressed with him. So I want to get your thoughts on Jimmy Cass today because really composed, really controlled. Um, you know, um, it's great to have that option you know if you want to be a contender in everything you need quality and this guy is certainly providing it and producing it yep just one more shout to the options we have right now isn't it mm-hmm. yeah um i did i felt costas played very well now i have to say it it almost looked he had a couple of little wayward passes just the first minute or so and then he had that miss and i was just like oh i hope this doesn't throw him off but no he he just picked his head up and, and settled right into the game and, and it, you know, was fantastic. Um, and to Dave's point about, you know, how we just didn't really see him last season. I know he had, I think he had COVID at one point and I think he had an injury yes. at another point. And, but I think also once, you know, we were losing defenders left, right and center. Um, I think Klopp was relying on Robertson as a consistent, you know, piece of that back line and then I think just he was being played so much that he was just he was tired and even you know we all saw it kind of when he did come back into the team I mean you know he he played in the Euros quite a bit and then um, you know was injured in that preseason game and so I but yeah I think Costas has definitely given him you know we all saw him come on that first game I think it was the first Porto game where he came uh, Robertson came on about, I don't know, it's 60 minutes or so, and he almost came on like a man possessed. So I think another plus for Costas is that he's given Robo that bit of competition and has yeah. notched him back up a level. Um, so it's it's just all great. And and it is. You don't, when you see Costas on the team sheet, you're like, okay. You know, whereas the couple times here or there where, um, you know, Robertson maybe came out and, and defend, you know, I guess it was before Costas, it was usually Milner, probably. Who was yeah, it was. Yeah. And, and you're kind of like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. It'll be okay in this match. Um, so, yeah, so it is. It just it just goes back to my point, as I said, that these options are just absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. And one thing I do love about Costas is when he gets that moment, he really does take it, like, to shine. And like he said, puts the rocket up, up his, um, you know, up his competition's backside. And because we saw a real, real, um, I don't know, a, an, in, an injection of, um, you know, quality from Robertson. And he's been really, really decent since as well. Cause he looked a bit leggy and he looked a bit tired. You know, let's not yeah, forget the amount of minutes in his legs as well. Exactly. I think it's the competition plus the the ability to to give Robo a rest here and there um because he has I know I think Dave Hendricks pointed it out at, at some point you know he's just played in a, a massive amount of football in the last mm. couple of years you know he he can't sustain that you know for a long you know long time he probably sustained it far longer than a lot of people would have so um yeah I mean Costas has just been he's just been a great a great addition to the squad and um and you know he may only be here for another year or so and then you know he may move on um and so hopefully we'll get someone just as valuable in you know in behind him but while he's here long may it continue 
Absolutely, absolutely. Lisa Marie, you know, you're speaking about quality and options. I have a question for you that popped up onto Discord. I had to scroll all the way back like the Wheel of Fortune. It is from um, You Never Walk Alone Foodie. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question first. Um, do you think it's time Klopp plays um, um, Ibu and VVD now instead of Matip? Um of course, you know, um, we've all been urging for that Jean Matip goal, but he was really unlucky to get his leg out and the deflected shot. I mean, I did, uh, again, I did watch the Burnley game of the weekend, um, the weekend gone. Um, I thought people were saying that he wasn't overly great. Um, uh, but of course we saw, um, Ibrahima Konate against Inter Milan played really well, really assured, really comfortable. The Inter, um, front line caused no problems for him. Certainly, Jekyll, he handled him so well. I mean, he's a young defender that brought from Leipzig. He, every time he plays again, he always looks assured. He looks decent. Let's not forget he played at Old Trafford as well, which is quite a tough place, regardless of how bad Man United are. It is a big, big thing. And, you know, it shows Klopp's huge confidence in him. And, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on this as well, because, you know, Matip, I, I really like Matip. Um, but is it a case of now we need to establish a partnership or do you think it's just a case of, you know, rotating as and when depending on the opposition and what goal threats that specific team possess? Because I do think Konate has, again, every time he's played, he's really impressed me. And I like the fact that we, we're having these conversations now because there are players that are genuinely asking questions of the starting 11 sometimes and that's a good place to be. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, yes and yes to the answer. <laughs> the answer is that um, you know, I'm a little bit torn. I mean, I, you know, you like the idea of, of seeing, you know, maybe uh, Kanate stepping in with, with Virgil and, and becoming that more established partnership. You know, like we were seeing um, two seasons ago now with um, Virgil and Gomez, you know, we're really starting to develop a great, you know, a great partnership. And then, um, you know, of course, the beginning of last season, they were both injured and out. But, um, you know, and the other thing to consider is, you know, usually by this point in the season, two injuries is not playing as much. And so he has played a lot more football this season than he probably has in the last couple of years. So I don't know if, I mean, you know, he hasn't been awful, but he, he, yeah, he didn't look great in the Burnley game, but honestly, nobody really did. I mean, it was, you know, it was just the conditions were awful and I I don't think um, anyone played particularly fantastic that day. But yeah, the last couple of times, I mean, he hasn't, yeah, he hasn't necessarily played horribly, Matabed is, but but he's, yeah, I mean, and you have to wonder if it is a little bit of a fatigue factor with him just because he's played a lot. There's a lot more minutes in his legs at this point in the season than have been in the last couple of years. But, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, Kanate was wonderful against Inter in the week. And, oh, I mean, he is, he's just, he's just an exciting piece of the future, isn't he? And, yeah, I would like to see him and, and Virgil. You know, because I think playing next to Virgil on a regular basis can only just step him up a level. Um, you know, playing next to that calm, fantastic presence that is Virgil, I think can, you know, I mean, Kanate already looks great, but but we can push him up another level. Just another world-class center back, hopefully, you know, in a year or two at our disposal. 
it's an exciting place to be, Dave. Remember this time last year when we were like oh absolutely God. just tearing our hair out. I mean, Lisa absolutely like makes some excellent points there. And, you know, like, and she got me thinking as well, you know, the Joe Gomez situation where, you know, that was the established partnership, him and Virgil van Dijk, and it, it looked like he frees Matip out. And then he picks up that injury. And then Joe Matip starts playing. And then, you know, and as things stand, and it just goes to show, like, you know, both of those two, we've always said it, are both like, unfortunately, injuries do get the better of them in, in Matip and Joe Gomez. And just because of that and the inclusion of um, Konate now has like kind of in some degree forced Gomez to be forced choice, essentially. It's madness how quick things change. You know, it's not about the quality, it's just about the availability. So I want to get your thoughts. I mean, where do you stand on all this? And, you know, your thoughts to the question by You Never Walk Along Foodie. So at the moment, I'm quite happy with whatever Klopp's choice is. You know, he's he's sort of used Canate sparingly, hasn't he? And Matip is having the best season he's ever had for us. Part of that is just through availability. And you mentioned about last season, obviously, it, it was very incredibly frustrating, wasn't it? You know, at one point, he was our only fit centre-back, and then, you know, he breaks down as well. And I, I think you look back at last season and, and the the run of bad luck that we had, and it just so happens that in the centre-back position, we've been all right this year. But as you guys were talking there, I was wondering to myself, well, if we were playing, uh, let's say tomorrow we were playing Man City in the Champions League final, who would I pick? And I think today the option is Matip. But I think Kanate is still one for the future, isn't he? And, I mean, 22, he's got so much talent. He looks so dominating already. And you just think he's going to get better and better. And especially playing alongside Van Dijk. But I'm not necessarily in a rush to to just play him week in, week out. I think just playing him in certain games, letting him get used to the system... Uh, you know, as Klopp's done for the last few years with the players he's brought in, I'm quite happy with that. And then, you know, if someone ended up getting injured, then it might force his hand and, and you know, you might have to throw in Canate uh, or, or Gomez a, a bit more. But at the moment, it seems to be working. And I have to say, I just love the, the kind of comedic energy that uh, Matic brings as well. You know, Again. just whatever he does, whether it's yeah. a... You know, a, a run where you're thinking, go on, this is the time. This is where he's going to slalom his way up and he's going to bury it in the bottom corner. Uh, you know, or, I mean, against Inter Milan, what the hell Even off he the bench, yes. He got the death stare <laughs> from Hendo, you know. What is that all about? Just slapping three of them on the head. Really I, I just... hard as well, I might add. Yeah, it wasn't just, it wasn't a light tap, was it? And then, you know, he turns around, he's got this massive smile on his face. Yeah. And you see the love that, like, Virgil van Dijk gives him as well. He's he's always calling him the man and stuff. So, yeah, I just think, I, I, to echo Lisa Marie's point, you know, he just got so many options and it feels so good at the moment. And you say about this time last year when we're playing Henderson and Wijnaldum at centre-back, you know, it just, it, it, it feels like it's a lot longer than 12 months ago since we were in that position. And we just got so many great options right now. 
We certainly do. We certainly do. Uh, nice little chat there. Thank you for that question. You never walk alone, foodie. Um, uh, it was a Discord question. Um, guys, I mean, we've pretty much talked about everything, but I want to ask you one thing, and I want to talk about the the, the starting line, uh, the starting front three today. And Lisa, I'm going to come to you because I absolutely adored all three today. I mean, you know, the front three that started Diaz. Mosala and Sadio Mane, I thought they were all on their game. I felt like they were really impressive. Yeah, albeit the first half, you know, maybe um, you know, um you know, the 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 finishing and the end product probably wasn't there, but I just had so much joy watching, you know, Sadio Mane show his strength, his his control of ball. I absolutely love the Diaz, the way he just kind of naturally has, you know, like immersed himself into this team and you know, he knows where to be and again you know he's he's a bit of a gnarly kind of player gets stuck in he's not afraid you know and you know again got pace and then he Mosala was just having a joke on 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 the right hand side for us um, making an absolute fool of him um, think that their lad Williams or, or whatever his name was but it was just wonderful to see that that front three not being too disturbed with a new player being put in um it was quite exciting to see them three play because I was intrigued to see oh which one's going to go central and it, for most parts it looked like it was Sadio Mane but for me I was really really happy with that front three get myself off mute here yeah no it was um and it was it was exciting to kind of see it from the start of the game, um, yeah. you know, as opposed to, to bringing it in somewhere, you know, mid midway mm. through. But the thing I like about Diaz is, and maybe it's her, him a little bit more closely, is he seems to kind of pop up everywhere. And, you know, I mean, every now and again, like, you know, he's playing on the left and all of a sudden you're looking, he's over there on the right. And it, it's just, yeah. I, and I think that's it. I think he's a little bit of a, you know, back to the, to what we were talking about a little bit earlier is that, Teams don't quite know what to make of him, and let's hope we keep them confused for a while. But yeah, all three of them did play really well. Um, you know, Sala especially seemed to just start off very bright, and I mean, I just felt like he was like, I am getting that 150th goal today, by God. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> you all get out of my way. <laughs> and um, But that's what we like to see. You know, that's what we want to see from our players, is that tenacity and and that, you know, determination and and everything. And, yeah, all three of them. And, and, yes, it was nice to see that overhead kick finally work for Sadio because, you know, he tried it a couple times in, in the week. And I was like, yes, he did. Like, sweetheart, stop, because it's not working. But today it did. So I guess he heard me and was going to prove me wrong. And that's all right. He can continue to prove me wrong anytime he wants. Yeah, no, they did. They all started off well, and they all played well you know, throughout the whole, throughout the whole match. And, um, you know, as I said, I mean, all, all three goals and, you know, we had all been pushing for Diaz to get that first goal. And, and as I mentioned earlier, I was, I was just so happy to see that, but, but yeah, they did. Um, they played well and yeah, I'm loving the pace on Diaz. I mean, not that Mane and Salah are slow by any means, but but he just does, you know, have that that pace that he can just track back if necessary, or or run forward to catch, you know, the pass coming forward. So it's it's wonderful. It's exciting. Absolutely, yep. I'm, I'm with you on that one, and I think I was watching uh, Diaz a little closely as well because it's a new toy, as they add. Yep, all three really absolutely impressed me today as well. You know. 
And Dave, I want to get your thoughts on, on the front three because um, it's always good to know how you feel because I think we have some very, very exciting options and, you know, maybe possibly a new a new Lewis that is going to terrorise Norwich, but won't last long because it looks like they're going to get relegated, but it is what it is. But, you know, it's fun to have another Lewis that excites us. Yeah, it's been a while, hasn't it? But, um, yeah. I mean, the front three, I mean, obviously they all got on the score sheet today. Again, I, I thought their movement, um, yeah. their interplay was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to temper my praise a little bit because we were so, so wasteful in that first half. But it wasn't just them. It, it was throughout the whole team. Um, but, yeah, like you say, it is a new toy, but... You, it also feels very familiar, doesn't it? That, that yes. kind of style, you know, it, it, it just seems to slot right in there. And again, you know, you just have to tip your hat to the scouting department. You know, you, you've plucked someone out there. Obviously, there are a few people looking at him. You know, good old Spurs bartered the price down for us. It looks like they might do us a favour with Man City tonight, such would. But uh, let's see how that goes. But I actually think, as much as, you know, like yourself, I, I want to see Diaz. I want to see, honestly, I want to see him cut inside and bury one in the top corner, as, as we've seen him do for uh, Porto and, and Colombia. But um, I just thought Mo and Mane just both kind of look back at their best. Mo in particular, yeah. you know, as you guys have said, I, I just thought, wow, he looks properly on it. And I praised Simicast before, but Jesus Christ, how did he miss that one in the in the? <laughs> It was on around five minutes. Um, it was an absolute plum cross from Mo, and mm. you know, just inviting to just uh, be stuck in the net. But yeah, I, I just thought again, it it's going to cause teams a lot of problems, and unfortunately, it looks like uh, someone's posted here. I think it was uh, Lubo that uh, it looks like Bobby Firmino might be out for a little while. So, you know, these as much as we want to rotate, we might see these this front three a little bit more than we, we'd ideally like. Can't complain. And, you know, Jota will watch this space as well because, you know, let's not forget him as well, you know. Um, it's, it's great to have those kind of options and we're moving forward now and this is exactly what we expect and I'm not really going to talk about the other result because every time I talk about the other result um things don't go as planned so I'm just going to stay really quiet and just focus on the task at hand guys we've pretty much come to the end of the Nina Carlson show but before I let you two go is there anything you want to get off your chest about the game I mean Dave I'll come to you first is there anything that needs mentioning that we've not mentioned anything no, I just think, um, you know, the the crowd were quiet, but come on, it's Norwich, bottom of the league. It's hard when you've got such prestigious games like the, the Inter Milan one. And again, I think I'd mentioned the last time I spoke to Guy, I, I said this kind of feels to me like the 2001 treble season where, you know, twice a week we've got a really... Uh, important game twice a week. And, uh, you know, I, I can forgive the crowd for being a little bit quiet there. But uh, now it's fantastic. Are, are we going to do Man of the Match? Of course we are. We might as well ask you for it. Go on. Then. So so I, I'm struggling. I, I think it's between Mo and Simicast for me. I think mm. uh, 
like I say, Mo just looked really sharp. And he, the way yeah. he's come back, he does look like a man on a mission. And if you look at his stats, you know, he's got to 150 goals quicker than any of all of our fantastic strikers that we've had in our season. That's unbelievable. You know, this guy is is really next level. I, I think he's the best. I, I genuinely think he is the best player I've seen, uh, in my opinion. But um, but I, I've just got a soft spot for Simicass. And the fact that he was the one that set up uh, Mane's first goal, I, I think I'm going to give it to Simicass. But it is... It is very, very close. I think Mo was in with a great shout as well. I think both of those shouts were my shouts as well. I mean, anyone in Discord, uh, feel free to contribute. Who was your man of the match? We'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm going to come to Lisa Marie now. Lisa Marie, any final takeaways from the game? And um, who was your man of the match? Are you going to go somewhere completely different? It's always intriguing. I I don't, I can't really think of any other thoughts to add. Um, We've, you know, really covered it very very well, I think, today, and lots of good talking points. Mm. It was so nice to have well, four callers. That that was lovely. So thank you, everybody, who who called in. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Man of the match, I mean, I kind of like when it's hard to pick. It, that that makes it a little more fun. Um, yeah. Just because that means so many people were playing well. I think I am going to have to give it to Sala um, because, mm. as I said, he just, he was, his determination throughout the whole game and just, you know, he finished as he started. He started well and he finished well and, of course, scored that lovely goal in the middle. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Mo Salah. Not very original, I know, but, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he, he hit 150. He made things look really exciting on the right-hand side. Probably took a lot of pressure off the defensive side of things as well in the first half. He was just running past them for fun. Um, to, to me, it just felt like a training exercise. I mean... It's it's a tough one. Um, I think I think um, you know, Marcela is a great shout. And you know what? I it's hard because they were both my man. You know, I I adored both of their performances. I thought they were both great. But I too, just thinking back now to what Marcela was throughout the whole game, and he was consistently at that level throughout. He didn't really drop. So for me, on for just for those reasons, I am going to have to give it to Marcela because he was literally a man possessed from. From the get go, um, uh, you know, and that takes nothing away from Chimikaze's performance, who was also incredible, filling in um, for for Robo there, guys. Uh, we have come to the end of the Nina Kaza shot. A massive thank you to all our callers that called in. I I can only echo what Lisa Marie said there. It was great chatting to all of you guys and everyone that joined us live on Discord as well. We really appreciate it. A huge thank you to these two who are absolutely awesome who made this show. As impressive as that result, if not better, loved talking to them. I've got a big smile on my face, you can hear it. Before I let them go, we've got to get some plugs. Uh, Lisa, I'll come to you first. Thank you so much for joining us, but where can people find you on social media? So I'm on Twitter at LMarieMH. Uh, joining the lads on the main AI um, podcast. Seems to be Fridays, seem to be our regular days now, but um, sometimes that's just schedule permitting. And so, yeah. Do give that pod a listen and do follow Lisa Marie. She is wonderful. And you know what? Even more credit to her because she, mind, she is probably the only person who got Cambridge committed to a time and a place. So you know what? She's better than all of us because that man is literally marches to the beat of his own drum. 
So um, awesome, <laughs> awesome stuff it from helps, you, Lisa. It probably helps that They're dealing ahead of them, behind them, behind them. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit limited as to as to when we can get together and do things so that, you know, one of us isn't, you know, the hours of the morning or in the middle of the night or something. So that, that may have helped, um, to be fair. But, yeah, no, I'm having so much fun with that podcast. And, and I'm, you know, still just so happy that I was invited to join along. And, and I'm enjoying, you know, my appearances here and there on your show as well, Nina. So so thank you all so much. And um, it's lovely to be on today no it's great having you on Lisa and you know um uh, I'm sure Trev Downey you and um Cambridge absolutely nearly and uh it, it's it's an incredible pod uh, you're all awesome so yeah do check that pod out people and what about you Dave anything you'd like to plug I know you're big on the movie front but anything you'd like to plug and where can people find you on social media well, so on Twitter, you can get me at Seattle Dojos. Just want to thank yourself, Nina. It's good to speak to you again. And Lisa Marie, first time we've spoke, so it, it was great to be on today. Um, up next on AI, hopefully, I'll be... Uh, Guy will be kind enough to invite me on there, so hopefully we'll uh, be discussing how we've won the Carabao Cup there. Um also, you can get me on the VHS Strikes Back as well. So I think next week we've got Bram Stoker's Dracula coming up. And then Ooh. the week after that, I think Wayne's World. So a couple of classics there. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, check that part out. And and do give Dave a follow. And hopefully, 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 when he's on the post-match show with Guy Drinkle, we are discussing a win and a trophy under the belt, you know? So um, great stuff and fabulous stuff so yep check both these two out for my part um just continue to uh, listen to all the content on ai um it's absolutely incredible there's so much diversity i did a euro incision with themis loved talking about the liverpool inter game loved talking with themis so if you've not checked that out check that out because we talk over other the other games in europe as well guys uh thank you so much for listening i will be back post leads hopefully um yeah um uh, let's keep that going eh? let's keep applying that pressure take care thank you for listening take care till next time up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds. And it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.